Hey guys, it's Bobby Roast Beef. I'm here with Bill Adams. We got another 10 second podcast for you. Today, we're going to talk quite a bit about uh, some of the reasons why, well, why event DJs need to start hosting speed quizzing right away. Uh, that and a whole lot more coming up after this. Hey guys, welcome to the 10 second podcast. I am Bobby Rose Beef, your host. I've got Bill Adams with me. Bill, how's things, bud? Doing well. Thursday, Thursday. You know what I mean? End of the week almost for trivia, but the weekend starts with all the other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a busy one. It is definitely going to be a busy one. So uh, we've got a couple things that we're going to talk about on today's show. And really kind of the bulk of this right now is why DJs, event DJs specifically, if you're a nightclub DJ, it might be a different situation for you. Um, I mean, unless you like making money. We'll talk about that uh, later in the show, guys. But we're going to talk essentially why event DJs really need to start hosting speed quizzing right away. And uh, what it can do for your business, what the uh, the money looks like, and uh, what the return is. Let's talk about that later on in the show. Right now, let's go ahead and review kind of what's been going on. It's been a couple of weeks since we did our last episode. Our last episode was kind of dedicated to Wi-Fi interference and super nerdy stuff right there. But uh, it was it was good. I had a bunch of different games going on this week. Bill, did you have anything kind of memorable happen at any of your events in the last couple of weeks? Well, nothing really crazy. I yeah. mean, a couple little IT things. Um, had an iPad that was kept wanting to drop out and just did the typical, hey, let's restart the, soft, the uh, app. Sometimes that's and all it takes. Never a drop the rest of the game. It was just something else was acting up on it. I mean, just little things. Nothing, nothing crazy. I'm finally back to four nights a week. I lost some for a while because of restaurants closing and stuff. Yep. But now back. Right back into it. You're back in the groove, and that's that's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's a very good thing. So let's talk as far as well. I so my games actually have been kind of nuts, to be perfectly honest. Um, I recently, so I'm gonna kind of let the cat out of the bag. I have not been using version 4.07 for quite some time. I wanted to all the way, huh? 4.7. Oh. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, I haven't been using it for, for quite a while, uh, mainly because um, I just I do so many events um, each week that I kind of, you know, want to make the leap when I kind of see the value in, in doing so. So I, you know, I switched over what, like two weeks ago now and um, up the brand new updated r- router. I had some issues with the previous router. I think I cooked one of those routers. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah. It's, it's done. Yeah. yeah. It's done. Yeah. Um, had a situation with the power supply, so that router is done. Replace that puppy, and uh, we're using 4.07. And, I mean, so far, with the changes that are apparent apparent at the, the face level, everybody seems to love it. There's improved live screen. Uh, I think it looks a lot better than it did before. Has a little bit more character, uh, and the animation in it is great. That's pretty awesome. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have been experiencing some issues, and I've had some bumps along the way. I've had, uh, you know, teams that... Um, have not been connecting or having experiencing dropouts and things like that. And there's a few things that I have been doing to kind of remedy some of that stuff. And we'll talk about some of these tips when we kind of review the tech side of things. But but primarily, like a lot of the main culprits have been either they're not using the updated app. That's usually the first thing you got to check. Make sure that they're using an up-to-date app. Uh, and then also, you know, there's this thing with, with iPhones that I have I've been dealing with for at least the last 18 months or so. When I've been using, because I use an iPhone, when I use my phone as a host remote, um, 
I will connect and periodically it'll just drop out. It's just kind of mm-hmm. kind of crazy. And I'll get a dialog box that pops up and basically says that, you know, an alert that there's no uh, network connection at that Wi-Fi. It gives me two options. Use cellular or to keep trying Wi-Fi. And I think our our intention is to just automatically go, well, we want to use Wi-Fi, so hit the Wi-Fi button. What ends up happening there is it kind of gets in the same loop. It's not detecting the internet on that Wi-Fi network, and it's looking to get some data. It Think of it as Johnny Five from Short Circuit. More input. That's what it wants. And so I run into this situation where it just kind of drops my connection here and there. So what I've been doing for a while is I have been just putting my phone in flight mode, reconnecting my Wi-Fi, and I have had no issues at all. I've totally been overlooking this, but I've got a lot of iPhone users that have been having some kind of issues. And when I, when I went and kind of tried to, in between rounds, figure out the issue they were having, I, I had them just walk me through how they connect. And I saw this pop up, and I said, you know what, let's try something. Don't hit stay on Wi-Fi. Try, tap the, the use cellular, and it worked flawlessly it worked flawlessly um i would still recommend and i i have have since actually added some screens to my slideshows on the device and on the live screen uh, that folks should restart their phones if they're having an issue and then still as a bonus tip like go into flight mode or shut off mobile data and isolate so that you can be connected to that wi-fi network to get the best performance i think that's just a a a, like a pro tip right there um Mm -hmm. so that's helped in the majority of situations i have had three situations where that's been the case uh that have popped up i've had some uh some pretty fun freaking games though man i had uh this last saturday i did an event i have this account in uh in boston that has had me multiple times this year they're fantastic and they like to book me for a couple things they like to book me for traditional bingo and they like to book me for trivia and the uh the the my contact over there is kind of an old soul she's much younger but she definitely has um she kind of has uh you know this appeal for old tiny play versions of games like she would rather do traditional bingo than music bingo or something a speed bingo we've used that in the past um so she likes the the paper and stuff and then she asked me if i do pen and paper trivia and i said you know kelly i'm sorry i don't it's just not something i offer but i said we can definitely do a traditional bingo and uh trivia like combination event if you want so they've been organizing some brunch events and i i went out there this past weekend we had a great time if anything, I did too many games of bingo simply because there were so many prizes. It's mm-hmm. really really what it gets down to. I should have, after I ended the last round of trivia, I did one more game of bingo, and I should have ended it at that. But it was it was a good time, man. They had a, had a whole lot of fun. I also, this week, just yesterday, I gave away four tickets to see the Dropkick Murphys on Friday night uh, at one of my bars at Nathan Bill's. So that's pretty cool. They have been very good to me as far as bringing in some awesome prizes that allow me to advertise, which, yeah. it, guys, if, if, if you can connect with a venue that's this active with trying to get some, like, bonus prizes, just a couple times a year, it goes a long way. It really, really does. So we had a great night last night. It was a lot of fun. Dropkick Murphys, of course, are a Massachusetts band, and, you know, it's they're, they're pretty popular, and they're playing at the, the New England's Great State Fair. The big oh, really? A. Yeah. Friday night, man. Get your funnel cakes and your uh, your 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 Irish drinking songs with uh, Dropkick Murphys. It's gonna be fun. I love it, and I mean, I've had uh, pretty good weeks overall. You know, 
Some little tech issues yeah. here and there, but nothing that's been too wild. Um, what was your favorite team name this week that you came across? Mm, this week, we didn't really have any crazy ones. Yeah. I do a bonus question every week and uh, oh, okay. out of my games. And it was a question about there was a, a shipment from, uh, I don't know where it's coming from, but it was said baby wipes. It was like a big shipment coming uh, into customs of baby wipes. It was $11.8 million worth of uh, cocaine, actually. Nice. So the team made their team name. I think it was uh, want a bump of my baby wipes. A bump of my baby wipes. I'll take a bump. Nice. So I mean, that's that's what those were. I mean, I didn't really have any crazy, crazy ones. I was surprised. This, you know, because I saw everyone in the UK doing it. But yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I had last night. I I played. Like I said, I, I was at Nathan Bills, and we we gave away some amazing concert tickets. I have some really good team names over there. One of them. Uh, this is a brand new team. They only come in like eh, once in a great, great while. It's usually when there's some kind of an extra prize they'll come into play. Um, and they, they between you, me, and the wall, they don't do great. <laughs> they really yeah. don't do that great. Biddies and titties is one of them. And then I've got this team name, and, and I, I get it. Like I'm, I'm getting older. Speaking of getting older, I just I recently celebrated a birthday this week. So mm-hmm. there's that. But uh, bum, bum, bum. happy birthday! I had thank you. I had uh, you know I I so some of these team names come in and maybe I, I just don't get them you know what i mean but i just let it rip if it's not anything that's going to piss anybody off or anything like that i'm generally i have no issues but i have this one team that calls themselves tom hanks pissin do you know anything about that bill tom hanks uh, I, I did see something the other day about him attacking like some paparazzi yelling at him or something but that could have been old well, I had to Google this, and apparently, yep. I didn't realize that this was a thing, but Tom Hanks, like, takes a leak in every single movie that oh. he does. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't Even know. Even in the newest one? Even in the new Pinocchio when he plays Geppetto? Maybe. Maybe he does. Does Geppetto wet himself? I'm not sure. I have no, I have no idea. Does Geppetto wet himself? Speaking, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of that, apparently, I got to look this up. So in 2021, speaking of Pinocchio, this yep. is sorry, off, off, off thing here. Apparently, uh, Pauly Shore did a Pinocchio movie. Oh my God! I saw something about but this online. Apparently, it's it is super graphic and like he. So apparently, he's made of like uh, fentanyl or something like that, and he like will, he'll like snort or like in cocaine, is snort his own shavings to go on drug craze like sex acts and stuff. Apparently, this all happened in a Pinocchio weird movie that Pauly Shore created. I, I saw of it. There was a review that I saw on YouTube of this film, and it is so bad. When you hear Pauly Shore's voice come out of this, like, cartoon puppet, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so bad. There's, like, a horse that's his best friend. Yeah, you're right. I think he does, like, snort some shit here and all. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's uh, it, it's something else. It reminds me of a team uh, name, actually, from last night, Sex, yeah, Drugs, and yeah, Trivia. I, it, it was a bunch of stuff that apparently I need to look it up because apparently <laughs> it is super, like, it was graphic. I mean, it's animated, but. Yeah. It, it's. I think it's it more rate? suggestive than anything else. Oh, maybe not, because now it says it's rated PG. So maybe there was something else that because somebody was reading the IMDb things the other day. So I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but maybe somebody did like was, a re-edit and posted that, and some people are that would be it. hilarious. Because there's also be like uh, Robocop scene twenty seven, um, 
don't YouTube it. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. Wait, hold on. <laughs> now, now I have to. I now see this is the problem. Let's RoboCop scene 27. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um. Oh, it comes up right away on the first. Here we not, go. Not the not the real one. Hold on. It's a. Uh, there's one called uh. Um, shot for shot remake. Is that it? Uh. I think that's the one. Yeah, um, it is the remake. Yeah, from Vimeo. Scene our RoboCop remake, scene twenty-seven, and it uses a bunch of the regular footage. Oh god! But then about a minute, a minute and a half in, it just goes wow. So here we go. We're doing this. This is three minutes. We're gonna waste. Hey, it's because we love our listeners. Yeah. This is ridiculous, man. <laughs> we don't want your money. We want you. <laughs> we don't want to hurt you. <laughs> man, there's too much hair. I know. Let's give her a haircut. <laughs> hey, hey, there's more hair. Down there! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Let the woman go, you are under arrest. Back up, pal! He's gonna kill her! He's gonna kill her, man! Oh my god! I assume that's why you said don't watch it. Well, keep wait, wait. Okay. Oh my god! More. you not to watch it. Fucking do it! Do it! <laughs> oh my god! 
I'm sending this to my wife. Madam, you have suffered an emotional shock. And my co-host to Jigs and Bigs. I crisis center. So magical. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. Wow. All right. Told you. Jacked up. We just wasted we all just that time. We just wasted all that time, but we do it for you guys. We do we do it for our listeners. Yeah. So if you want to know, it's Robocop <laughs> remake scene 27. Holy cow. Oh my goodness. So you don't think it's going that bad for like a minute and a half. You're like, oh, yeah, what's going like, to happen? Okay. Well, then it's all like happen? just boop, 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 boop. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it goes all over the place. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, All right. So where were we? <laughs> where were we? We were reviewing our weeks. I think we kind of summed all that stuff up yeah. um, with, with all that. But let's uh, before we jump into uh, the main topic of uh, today's show about why event DJs really need to start hosting a weekly speed quizzing event right away. Um, we're going to talk about some of the tech issues that have come up this week and some of the stuff that maybe you guys should really kind of know about. Maybe you're not part of the groups and you don't follow this stuff. And obviously, we're going to leave the names attached to this stuff kind of out of it. But we're going to talk about uh, some of the problems that have come up and some of the ways that you know we try to give advice on how to deal with it. So let's go and jump right to it. Um, just this one's like the newest one. We had uh, a user uh, post about uh, a no host found um, dialog box on their player's device app um, on a brand new laptop. And that should not happen. It's a brand new laptop. Why am I getting this? So let's kind of debunk what no host found means. Basically, all that's saying is that the device that you're trying to connect is connected to the quiz network properly, but it is not making a connection to the speed quizzing host software. Correct. That that could be for a number of reasons. The speed quizzing host software might not be open. That would do it. Um, yep. That's a that's a big one. I've had that before where I've been getting ready and I've had teams that are just a little too anxious and they go to sign up and they say, hey, I'm getting this error. It says no host. What's going on? And I go, just let me open the program, guys. Calm down calm down mm -hmm. and you know you'll be all right so it's that type of a thing now if your program is open what else could it be well, i'm going to tell you a lot of the time it's your uh if you're a windows user especially it's your firewall and though you may have shut your firewall off you went and you you know you you, you selected your firewall and shut it off it actually doesn't matter. What we need to do here is allow connections to both public and private sides of speed quizzing to your firewall. It basically just allows it. It's like a gateway. Just lets it go right yep. through. And this is something that needs to be done. Now, with a brand new laptop, 100% you're going to run into this situation. That's more than likely, I, I would say, that's probably what he is experiencing. Mm -hmm. In fact, and, I mean, the only other... <sighs> The only other thing I want to put it out there in the ether yep. is for some reason, since some people have jumped to Windows 11 and technically Windows yeah. 11 isn't even finished from Windows. Yeah. There are some times on a new Windows PC when Windows 11 is installed, something on the install process from them has jacked up stuff. So we have found, few hosts have found that factory resetting the laptop yeah. on that Windows 11 machine 
tends to fix it from what we've found. It's something to do somewhere in their makeup of Windows 11 that just kind of yep. blocks things. So put that out there for Windows 11's users. Sometimes you might just have to do that. Yeah, sometimes that's just how it is. You just got to you got to suck it up and make it make it work, you know, and and figure that out. But that's primarily it. In fact, the comments on that post right now is exactly it. New computer firewall and settings. I have the same problem, definitely firewall. Um it's 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 one of those things where you just as a Windows user, you always want to think, "Well, have I done anything that may have changed on this laptop?" And that could be something as simple as uh, a, an update, you know, an OS update or or even an update from the speed quizzing software. It sees it as a new enough install and then it's going to require you to go back and do this so this is something that folks just keep forgetting about over and over and over again it's the firewall settings the firewall settings and even though you might have changed those settings and shut it off you might have to go back and double check it and it's pretty easy to track down and do there are plenty of tutorials posted in the facebook groups all over the place um I mean that I think is is the primarily the big one, but that's what you have to see, have to realize when somebody gets that no host found, all it's saying is that it's not making a connection to the software, and you know it, sometimes that could have to do with the device as well. You know, restarting the device could help. You know, oh, yeah. um, shutting off I mean, the can... mobile data can also be uh, be something you want to do. These are general practices that if you know you want to get the best connection, you want to get the best performance out of speed quizzing, you know, having a device that is not running a million different processes in the background and, you know, is not trying to connect to the internet for something is generally going to be one of your first steps. The other thing is just to make sure everything is all set with your laptop, but as a professional speed quizzing host, you should be doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. Um, what do we have next? Oh, this is another one that came up, and this one also just this morning. Uh, we had a user that had uh, put up a, a post asking about updates on the app. Uh, we have uh, various versions for a- uh, Apple and Android, but Kindle is only showing as 5.3.5 for Kindle. And what is the story mm-hmm. there? And basically, what it gets down to, John actually had commented on this and got right into it and said, um, as far as uh, that goes, it's kind of in, in uh, basically, Google's hands to like get it through the Kindle version to the Kindle app store essentially is what it gets down to. Yeah, there is. I forgot. I forgot about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so Kindle's taking a while to put on their stores. If you want, you can go to speakwizzing.com slash app. And there is an APK there that you can download on your Kindles to install, but it's not a hundred percent needed. If you're not having issues, I run all of my Kindles on Five three five right now, no, I haven't had an issue. I'll say that but much. Five three five, it will work. You know, it, it's yeah. it's not the but type of you, an update. If you really where, want to, yeah. yeah. If you really really feel like you have to, yeah. Just go dr- download the APK and install it, um, the Android uh, file, and uh, it's at speakwizzing.com slash app. But I don't think you, I don't think it's necessary <laughs> if you don't. If you aren't having issues, yeah. If you're not having a problem, I, I, you, you, you could definitely be just fine with five point three five. And that brings us actually transitioning. I don't even think I put this on the list, but I, I re- remember it from earlier regarding Amazon Kindles and any kind of tablets. If you you're purchasing tablets, we had somebody reach out recently that was asking about uh, about you know a deal on a bunch of secondhand tablets. I don't know if they were Kindles or what they were or anything like that, but mm-hmm. basically asking about them um, about if it was something they should go with and and this kind of spurred a little bit of a discussion between bill and i about 
tablets and and all of this. Um, you know, Bill uses tablets all the time. Brings them to I think all of his games actually. Yep. And and I do very rarely bring out tablets. In fact, yeah. I I have a, a, a small amount. I have about sixteen, and I don't take them out everywhere. I basically save them for use when it's a corporate event, and you know I can explain to him, hey, you guys can rent X number of tablets, you know, or tablets at X amount each if you need them on hand, you know, or folks can just play on their own devices. But then you're kind of, you know, you're, you're up on, you're putting it on them to have a charged mm-hmm. battery and all that other stuff. And I let them yeah. make that decision because I want to see, you know, uh, uh, some kind of a kickback for bringing out additional equipment and charging these things and maintaining them and all that. So it's up to you how you want to do this, obviously. But the one thing that Bill and I definitely agree on is this. Uh, when you're buying secondhand tablets to use to enrich your speed quizzing services, uh, you know, if, if you're if you're getting a great deal, you got to be really careful about the generation of the product, the age of that product that you're buying. Because like we've learned, you know, older products, you know, if they're hanging on and they're in decent shape, sometimes their their OSs and what's available to them for various apps will just kind of mm-hmm. like outlive that specific device. So you might have a bunch of version whatever tablets that you can't get the most up to date app on and eventually over time you're probably going to need that updated app in order to connect. You know, things are going to change as updates happen. This is just the way technology works. It's the real world. So it would be instead of instead of getting that that amazing deal and then having them for maybe a couple of years and then having to buy a bunch of brand, uh, a bunch of other used, a used lot yeah. somewhere and spending that money over and over again, it may be in your best interest to just buy once, cry once. Start by buying the most current version you can to get the longest mm-hmm. amount of life out of it. And we've been looking at some of the prices on these, and they're reasonable. You could start small and, and factor them in you know, one or two at a time until you build up an arsenal like you want. Uh, or you know, you just p- put that whole sucker on your credit card and then uh, you know, get yourself 25 or 30 of these tablets. And then, yeah. you know... Go ahead and just make sure that for your other events, you're getting some value for it to kind of offset it. Like you can run your business how you want. It's totally, totally up to you. Just yeah, one I'm of those trying things to, to find out how old some of mine are real quick. Yeah, while you keep talking. Mine because I have, old. I have a bunch. I mean, I have thirty Kindles. Yeah, and I yours, think, and they're your yours vary. Like they're not all the same generation. No. Nope, they're not all the same. I'm just trying to find out uh, my devices. And that actually might be a, a good way to do it is to go and purchase like, you know, five or six that are brand new. And if you find a bunch that are still okay, well, now you can add to that. And then you, as as they start dropping off, you just replace those in batches. You know, you're mm-hmm. like, this one won't won't function anymore. And let's be honest, these, these, these handheld electronics, you know, the batteries alone only have so much life. You know, it's like you're yeah, only going to be right. able to charge them so many times. So it's just it's one of those things that you just got to bite the bullet and go for. I wouldn't recommend anybody buying anything that's used uh, to save a few bucks if they can get the, the most frequent because you'll get the most life out of it. Yeah. Where is why is it not showing my devices? Yeah, I think I think my Kindles, my Kindles are a few years old. Oh, I found it. There's a tab above. Oh, so I mean, at one point in time, I had thirty six. I mean, yep. but still in play, in I have. Yeah, in a row. <laughs> <laughs> clerk's reference. Yep. Clerk's reference. Yep. Um, 
I think my oldest one that's still in play, I think, is my um la it was registered in 2015. Oh wow. That, well, that's that's not too bad, you know. I mean, you definitely like, and this is the thing. My wife and I use this um, this phrase a lot, you know. Like when we're talking about cars, I'll give you an example. Like we're talking about cars, and we use this phrase. Well, you know, that doesn't owe you anything. Like you've gotten your value out of what you paid for it. Which, which I, it, it's it's a it's it's literally at the tail end of. I bought it 2015. It's the tail end. It'll still work because yeah. it is a, it, it's Android five and above. It's a five point one. Yeah. So it's literally the tail end. And like I said, I probably bought it in. I think I bought it in 2015. Yeah. Um, it was registered in my account in October of 2015. So I bought this seven years ago. Yeah. And that seven is seven years ago. That has been a part of your trivia business for the last seven years. Correct. And you know, I mean, it's only a matter of time before eventually it's going to not be. I have a bunch of lopped into that update. You know, it's, it's it's so again, like just to drive that point home. Why bother taking the risk? You know, if you're investing in your business and you're making money doing this, yeah. you know, you're you're doing this as a source of income, hosting these games. Why not take and, and, and you know, drop the, the extra money to make sure that you're at least going to have a device that will be supported for the most amount of time possible? You know, not indefinitely. Nothing in life is permanent. You so, know? yeah, I have 15 Except that death. eventually here Texas. in the next couple of days will probably, um, not next year or so, I'll probably have to get rid of 15. Yeah. So I'll probably get seven and a half years out of them That's, yeah, for the amount of money I paid for thing. them. Yeah. They don't owe me anything. Yeah. And I bring them to all my corporate events and I'll buy new ones. And I mean, you don't have to buy Kindles and then pay the extra money for the ads. Definitely. Literally, I just I put the code on and download the as soon as I open the app, I have to type the code in and then the ads go away. Yeah. So why pay the extra money? It's it to each their own. But I mean, I like having things on hand because, you know, we talked about it as well. Oh, yeah. Somebody's like, my phone's not working. And the and the like at the beginning, they like, can I log in now? Like we just started. Oh, like, I love ago. that. That you want to talk I'm about like, pet peeves? Wow. Uh, it's not working. Can you fix it? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can fix it. Use this. Go away. Because exactly. I don't have. I'm not gonna take the next ten minutes trying to get your phone to work. Yep. When? Yeah. I I just want to streamline. Let's go. No, a hundred percent. I definitely understand that. But correct, correct. I mean. Unless you're gonna pay silly dollar amount, like yeah, five dollars a Kindle or whatever, ten dollars a Kindle, yep, and it's up to you. But I mean, the older you go, you never know. I mean, it could be we could be in another year or so. We have to anything above uh, amp kit, uh, whatever Android seven, yep. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, those are 19s. So I mean, those are four years older. So I mean, if it is a yeah a Gen five, you're still getting close. Gen seven, nine is the the deepest I would go mm -hmm. just to make sure you could you could stay to it. But yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, you got to be aware of what you're buying. I think I guess is really the ultimate. Like I think we did have we did have a host in the very beginning. Yeah, um, I can't remember who it was. Went and bought a lot of them. And they were all like Gen One, Gen Twos, and yeah. like nothing installs. And they're like, "Well, that's because those came out in like two thousand and like seven. Yeah, and they're um, it ain't gonna happen at that point, you know. 
I'd yeah, be so I'd be surprised if, if 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 they even were able to maintain a charge for being that yeah, age. Yeah, that point. Yeah, you sure. know. Um. So moving moving along, uh, we did. You know, last week we talked about Wi-Fi interference, and I kind of want to. We're going to end up touching on this quite often. Buckle up, folks, because it's it it is something that folks will just have to l- learn to deal with. Um. But we had a, a user who well, I think it was just last night had posted about having an experience where they were at a venue. Um. Never had an issue in the past. Uh. Where basically all. All of the the uh, team would teams would be able to connect, and they were dropping. They said that they were using a uh, a black router and had a solid green indicator on the app uh, on the on the host software. But as soon as teams connected, it'll start showing orange and yellow dots for their strength, and then they just drop out. So I I would go ahead and say this I, more or less. What I want to talk to is the process. Um, first and foremost is you want to verify obviously that you're you're powering your hub the right way um and oh, i had asked uh, a question in here and this user said uh, I, well first thing i asked was is it most phone phones or just a couple if it's not the majority and there isn't a common thread like proximity from the router i would make sure that the devices are not the culprit and that's the thing sometimes that's what we have to do a simple restart can often help if that's the situation. Turning off mobile data or using flight mode and reconnecting can also help as well. Um, they they responded and said it was literally every single device, all 16 of them. Uh, everybody kept dropping, unable to find host, reconnect, drop, unable to find host, reconnect, constant circle. So then I went and made a comment. I said, this was telling me that it was absolutely Wi-Fi interference. Um, either it could be a channel change away from a channel that's flooded or something that's in the 2.47 gigahertz band that's not a Wi-Fi network. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that that's what we would refer to as something that's environmental. So again, talking about like Wi-Fi band 2.47G uh you know, items or products, devices that are existing within this space. And, um, you know, there was, there was another host that jumped in and said, Oh, we're having the same issue. Is it, is it at this broadcast level scale? Um, had a couple of things and I, I commented in here and basically said, start looking at your system because, you know, are you using any wireless technology, mics and wired speakers that operate in the Wi-Fi band? They're absolutely going to wreak havoc on your ability to connect devices. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. But by looking at what you're bringing in there, you're starting what you can control. You know, so if, if you're like, oh, yeah, I did. I just replaced this wireless mic and that wireless mic is in the 2.47 gigahertz band. Bin it chuck that sucker because it's 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 not going to like i've got mics that i use that are in that band when i'm 100 percent never going to be using speed quizzing like wedding ceremonies i have a a separate mic for wedding ceremonies and it's in the 2.47 gigahertz band uh it's for for me i love this mic it's great but i wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole if i was hosting trivia in fact when i've had to use it in a private event i have to shut that mic off to make sure that everything works so like just to throw that out there that's something you know look at what you can control um that's one thing. I so I also made a point that there are uh, Wi-Fi analyzers that you can add on your laptops. The Microsoft Store on your Windows PCs has them. There is one mm-hmm. on the App Store for Apple as well. Um, it'll let you know what's going on with nearby Wi-Fi networks. And the thing is with changing channels, a lot of people say, change channels. Just hit that button. Just hit that button. Well, just hitting that button will change you quickly from one to the, you know, basically from the extreme lowest to the middle to the highest channel. And the problem is with that is that those are default channels for everything. So if you have a lot of congestion, 
Odds are you're going to have a good amount of congestion on those channels. Sometimes it's best to go in between the cracks. So instead of going between channel one and channel six, maybe you do channel three or you do channel eight or seven or whatever is going to Mm -hmm. work best for you. You have to play around with it. Now, um, what I would say is, you know, having this Wi-Fi analyzer is going to give you a snapshot of what the Wi-Fi networks look like alone. It's not going to give you that environmental situation. So bear that in mind. Um, Basically, it's a tool to see the real estate that's being used by other nearby Wi-Fi networks. Sometimes being on channels 1, 6, or 11 isn't the best move, and operating in between those will typically yield the best results. Um, And then the next question would be this. Inquire with the venue about any new technology that they might be using. It could be as simple as they have a brand new printer in the office. It could be a wireless POS system. You know, it could be mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of different stuff. Little, little. You know, we had this conversation. I think in episode one about the printers for the kitchen. Lots of those are run wirelessly on Wi-Fi. So yep. you got to be aware of what's going on there. Um, I told him, I said, you know, with this being the first instance that you've had issues with this, I'm guessing that some detail changed and being aware of it will help you out in a big way. I had one once where it was um, we were at an event and they set up the, the projector in the screen and I was near it. Uh huh. And that. Oh, I wasn't near it, but the tables were near it. The router. I mean, oh. the router, the projector the projector. Yeah. And they kept getting dropping out. And then I went and looked at the projector and the projector had its Wi-Fi on. That and it was it was creating an issue against right next to them. I turned the Wi-Fi off on the on the projector, projector and it fixed everything. There's no no hang up. Anymore. And and I hate to I hate to be the like the doom and gloom voice of this, but like it does take detective work to find this stuff out. And unfortunately, no matter what you do to call us or ask us, like you're going to have to do a little bit of detective work and figure out what's happening there mm-hmm. or find a way around it. Something like that. It might be changing your location in a room. If you know, you're up, if you're sharing a wall with uh, a printer that is, you know, using Wi-Fi and it's, it's causing an issue for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got to switch to another spot over there to make it work. Um, you know, something as simple. If you're, if you're lucky enough and can, you know, identify what the issue is, just, on you know power that 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 item down if it's not needed you know Mm -hmm. if they're like yeah we can do all of our printing afterwards we'll shut that sucker off great you know something like that yeah or change anything yeah yeah it's anything you just gotta kind of jump around and there's never always going to be just the how do i fix it what's the one fix yeah never there's never going to be just a one fix it unfortunately and the other unfortunate thing is you can't call us Four days after the event, yeah, and say, "Hey, can you troubleshoot it for me?" Yeah, because what a- <laughs> we get this a lot. <laughs> I can't, I can't. If you're not there, people aren't playing, and I mean, I can't really like. I really, can give you ideas, but yeah, that's ultimately everyone's like, "Well, that's everyone's like, well, well, I don't know, I don't know if that's going to work or if it didn't." I tried that, and I was like, "Well, like I said, I can't do anything. I have to troubleshoot down a line to yeah. pinpoint things, and if I can't pinpoint, uh." things out that were being done in a certain order i can't yep. weave our way into a spot also you can't change 14 things at one time and then go oh it's working now now yeah. you don't know what fixed it yeah that's exactly it you know you change too many things at one time you're like i did all these things and nothing worked and you're like well that's great but you might have fixed one but then undid something that needed needed to you know that you needed to be in maybe you were in a good channel you changed channels without needing to you know, and now you put yourself into a flooded channel. So it's it's about kind of like 
picking it apart, you know, and, and, and making it work. And does it take a little bit of work? Might it take a little bit of effort? Yes. But I tend to think it's worth it. It's worth the effort. It's worth yeah. the amount of money that I make doing this to do what I got to do to make it make it happen, to try to provide right. the best service that I can for that. You know, I like to what I like to do is I like to gauge myself like this. I like to meet my um, meet my establishments at a one to one ratio where if they put an X amount of effort, they can expect that level of effort from me. And I'm very upfront about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to promote everybody's events at a base level. That's what I'm going to do. If you do nothing, I'm still going to do that. But if you go the distance, I'm going to engage the hell out of you, you know, and I'm going to make sure that we're working in a, in a in a good relationship to make this stuff work. So if it's a if it's a venue that's that's great to me and, and goes the distance, I'll bring in the ownership and management and say, hey, we got an issue. We got to figure this out. Long time ago, I had an event where the culprit was a broken microwave. Yeah. And you want to talk about intermittent. It was just whenever somebody ordered something that had one of these items that was microwaved, it would just drop all the teams. It would run for about 45 seconds, a minute, something like that. And then everybody could connect and it wouldn't be an issue. And we only found out after the fact, after they finally replaced the microwave. That, you know, just to give you guys an idea of like what could be causing interference it might be that 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 wild and crazy so let's jump into i i love these these kind of work one right into the other we're going to talk quick questions real fast and then uh the round sharing etiquette and i think this is important so let's discuss quick questions recently we had a, a user uh, ask about a uh, a theme round if anybody had put together a theme round or anything like that and uh, we even had um i believe Bill, was it a, a text that we had from a, a user reach out asking about different rounds? And then, you know, we had mentioned quick questions and they asked, oh, is that better or anything? You want to kind of riff on that? Yeah, a bit? It, was a it was a text and they wanted to know about uh, actually right now. They wanted to know if we had fixed clips, mm. uh, clips rounds That's in right. uh, this new version. So to put it in perspective, mm -hmm. clips works, but it's kind of junky at the moment. It's got a yeah. little issues here and there. The problem why is because we use an outside other uh, um, program for clips built into this. It's yeah. something we, we use outside in clips to do this. So it's not driving and it has nothing to do with us. It's the other side of that software. We're waiting for that to get fixed and yeah. stuff like that. So besides that, someone asked if clips was working and I said, well, it works. I was playing with it. It's just a little bit up and down. You got to do some work. But this is why I also I don't use clips anymore. I went to a hundred percent quick quick question, question audio questions. So it's just simple for me. I can do multiple choice, first letter, number, sequence, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And I do buzzing. Um, correct. And you can do buzzing rounds. Yep. And it's just quick questions can be done the same way. And it's it is super simple. Yep. Uh, to write them. Uh, once you know that we also give you all kinds of mm -hmm. um, references in your quick questions folder in yeah. your speed quizzing documents. That's another thing. If you guys haven't looked through those folders, go look. Yeah, because there's, there's all some kinds stuff. of stuff in there that yep. you can look at and go, oh, but quick questions are simple because I try to explain it as in saying quick questions. He they asked me if it was, is it uh, is it better than um Clips. On the fly. Oh, on, on the, the fly. fly. He also right. on the fly. And I said, also, I go, it's basically a better version of on the fly because I can do one question with quick questions and just throw it in the middle of a game. I can write it real quick or I can already have it prepped. 
Or I can also do folders with quick questions. An entire and it's round. round. Yeah. It's an entire round of quick questions. So you can drop that right in, and all you have to do is drag it on the software, or if you find the folder, double-click it, and it loads. Yep. Um, no, it won't load. The folder won't load, sorry. You got to drag it. Like other rounds, you got to drag it on top. But still, it, yeah, quick questions are a, a new version so that you can get all your text online, on the apps, the software, live screen, um, without having just, if you want to throw something in last minute, yep. you can do it with a TXT with a notepad or something mm -hmm. like that. Anything that does TXT files the, the, or MP3s or JPEGs. I would say that that now now let's just, you know, I mean, we, we obviously we make the comparison between the clips round and quick questions. They are different animals. I mean, the clips mm -hmm. round is a round with a specific set of rules for those that don't don't or haven't used clips. Basically, you'll create a folder of various audio files and you'll play a clip and you'll tell your your listeners when you hear this tap your screen. And that's basically what you do. It's almost like a scavenger hunt of, of audio. Um, it's kind of cool. You know, I've used it in the past before. Some people like it. Uh, some people don't really care about it so much. Um, I have been using uh, quick questions to play name that tune in a buzz in advance style setting. Uh, for me, the way I like to host my game, I think it's the best way to go ahead and do this. So what I'll do is I'll create uh, a folder of, of MP3s and I will rename those MP3s. This is how you write quick questions. You rename the MP3s using a specific string of code. And within there, you have the body, the answer, and the options, everything else. In fact, to make life easier, Speed Quizzing has these templates built for you that you can copy mm -hmm. and paste and then just edit all of the questions and design it however you like. Um, I'll also say that when it comes to doing quick questions for audio files, you get a lot more options than you do with the quiz than you do with the clips rounds. You have the ability to, like Bill said, do keypad style where you do multiple choice. You might be able to list some, you know, funky um, alternate, you know, trick trick answers in there or something to make it a little bit more difficult. Uh, you could do, you know, uh, numbers and you could do what what was the year this song was released, something like that. There's a lot of different things that you can do using quick questions. So it's not that it, it's very difficult to say, oh, is it better than this or better than on the fly? It, it is because it gives you that polished speed quizzing product on the live screen, on the devices, everything mm -hmm. else, and it provides all that stuff. So it looks very seamlessly, but it, it does so in a way that you don't need to be using question manager in order to do this. You can use uh, different files like audio and text uh, to, you know, create. Uh, you image files too. You do picture questions that way, uh, you know. So you can use media and and not have to use quiz, question manager. You can create these things right. relatively quickly. So that's that's the whole purpose there. Let's walk through actually the quick questions folder, so that people kind of get an understanding here. Um, if you're looking at your speed quizzing host software on the top of your screen, you'll notice right where it says uh, total team pl total player slash teams. You have a series of buttons right next to the router icon. You'll see a folder icon and if you click that that's automatically going to pop up your speed quizzing for documents folder now in there you'll notice a bunch if you're using 4.7.0 you'll see a bunch of different folders you have a folder for bingo config player images quick questions sample quick questions sounds your clips pictures and quizzes all of the stuff for your game is located in the speed quizzing for documents it's all right here but if you go into sample quick questions right and you want to take a look at what this is all about. There are, even without ever writing any quick questions anywhere, you've got folders, free buzz in advanced 20 question quiz 
in this folder. You can go ahead and open this and see how they're written. How does this work? Just go ahead and expand that window. You see the code right there. Mm -hmm. But you'll notice if you go, you know, there's there's Buzzin Classic, there's Keypad, uh, there's actually two Keypad rounds. Um, there's a, a free sequence question round. There's voting questions. And then there's uh, some nearest wins questions as well that you can go ahead and grab. There is a document quick questions help. That will help you out to kind of get you started. And then below that, you'll see a templates folder. And if you open the templates folder, it gives you basically a template for Buzzin Classic or Advanced, letters, multiple choice with extra info, multiple choice without extra info, numbers or nearest wins, and voting questions. And by programming all of these, you get yourself in a position where you're good to go. You can play around with so much stuff. And essentially, they're either text files, image files, or audio files. Yep. And it's seamless. It's seamless. It looks fantastic. Um, so that brings like, us... Like we were saying, you yep. could have one question. And you could be in your familiar game, and if you liked doing like, oh, I asked a question about Back to the Future, but now I want to ask another follow-up question. Yeah. I could literally write it real quick in in, in the text file for um, in TXT or Notepad, mm -hmm. and I can save it and drag it onto the mid-game, and it'll, it'll input it as the next question. Yeah. So you can add it real quick, and instead of just doing on the fly and having the question marks, it actually gives you the text. Yeah, it, gives you it looks you like want. it and was it, part of the quiz. Yes, and you're ready to go, and no yeah. one's no one's the wiser. And I think that brings us to the last sort of like uh, tech or post reference that we want to bring up here, and that's round sharing etiquette. You know, folks love. It's one of the questions I think that we get most is, "Can we write our own rounds?" Of course, you can. Absolutely, we provide question manager. You've got the ability to do quick questions, things like that. There's various ways now that you can input your own content into speed quizzing relatively easily. And a lot of people ask about, you know, sharing questions, and and that's one of the main reasons why I think a lot of people use the Facebook groups is to share questions with other hosts, and that's great. Some folks absolutely love this stuff. They do it to share theme things, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, for other folks, it's just about saving time. You know, um, maybe I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know enough about said television show. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to take that deep of a dive to to look into it and know what some quality questions are. So instead, I'll ask the question, does anybody have, you know, uh, does anybody have a, a theme round for two broke girls? You know, does anybody have that? Uh, I, I haven't ever watched this show ever. I don't know what the decent questions are that I should ask. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking around at Google. I'm not finding a whole lot, something, you know, whatever the situation might be. Well, they go and they ask this. And, and what happens is, you know, somebody might suggest, oh, I've got this. Go ahead and check this. Or they'll just search on the group and find a bunch of great stuff and go ahead and use it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the etiquette comes into, there's there's a couple things that you have to watch out for. First and foremost is that you're using somebody else's content that they, that they created. I mean, you know, and with that, you're going to be using whatever misspellings or poor grammar or anything else that are, is going to show up. And if you're using a live screen, and actually now with the questions showing up on the devices, everybody's going to see that stuff. Um, if somebody creates a theme round or they create a round in question management, you can't go back and change that. So you're you're sort of at the mercy of what they create. 
This is another way where quick questions are fantastic. By sharing a quick questions round, a player, or I'm sorry, a host, could take that round and just make quick edits to those questions, saving a bunch of time. And we recently saw this where someone had asked about a specialty round, and someone said, absolutely, here's some quick questions. There you go, bang. And they were they were really kind of gracious enough to offer up their round. And somebody said, oh, um, I don't know how to use quick questions. This is your opportunity to get to learn how to use quick questions. Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult, especially if somebody's writing this stuff for you. But the yeah. etiquette comes from, I think that if you're going to be utilizing so many of these questions, it's probably a good idea if you contribute a little bit as well. Yeah. It's one of those things. You know? Correct. Yeah. I don't think that's that's too much to, 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 to kind of consider. You know? Um, contribute a little bit of something. I think that's always a good thing. Oh, well, I think that about does it for covering all that stuff, Bill. I think it is uh, it's probably time to go ahead and dive into our kind of our hot topic, what this episode is kind of focused on. You ready? Yeah. Right here we are, guys. It's uh, our our second half of this episode. Here we're going to talk about why DJs, event DJs specifically, need to start. Uh, well, they need to start hosting speed quizzing events. Why is it? Um, there's a laundry list, and this is a conversation that I've had uh, at length with a lot of folks at the trade shows that we've done in the past, um, specifically the DJ ones, of course. But uh, there's a couple of elements that are sort of come to mind right away that make just perfect sense um first off is that uh and and the one i usually lead with is that having a week well let's actually back up just a hair Uh, i often will talk to djs and bill i'm sure you have too where we'll say to them oh yeah this product is great you can go into a bar and you know set up a regular weekly event and you know you know make some extra income and do mm-hmm. this and, and we often get met with i'm not interested in that no 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 no, no. i don't want to work in bars like somehow that's like a step down um but instead they're interested in using this for private events and which makes sense. I mean, there's there's amazing money in this in private functions. If you get corporate events, uh, you know, office parties, obviously, you're, you're talking about, you know, and, and for the smaller events, too. But it also works for weddings. It also works for birthdays, anniversaries, reunions, lots of different things that this will work for. Now, we came up with a little bit of a list of things that, that this will do to kind of benefit you, how you can grow. And the first, and f- first one is that it adds another tool to your toolkit like of entertainment your products and what that ultimately does by adding an additional sort of tool it adds perceived value for your overall business you know somebody Mm -hmm. looks at what you're doing and they're like oh you're a dj awesome well how do you do x or you know what kind of stuff do you play or you know um, if you're a nightclub DJ and you've got, you know, mixtapes that, you know, you can uh, pass out or you've got, you know, links to sound uh, um, uh, mix cloud or something that you want to share to show off your skills. I get that. If you're a turntablist, I get that. But if you're doing events and you're doing events and you're facilitating music, PA, lighting, all of these other things by adding in games that can engage folks, you're giving folks something else to do. Because let's be honest. It's your average corporate event. When was the last time, uh, Bill, that you did a corporate event that had a banging dance floor? Ne- never. Yeah, yeah. Mainly because, you know, it's 
at corporate events, it's a bit stuffier, I would say. Well, yeah, I think you it's know? the problem is a lot of I find in a lot of corporate events, everyone's mm-hmm. afraid to let loose around the boss, the boss or other people. They don't yeah. want their other people to know who they are. They like to get freaky um, deaky. Yeah, that's very true. You know, I mean, they don't want to jeopardize their their, uh, you know, th- the opinion that that people may have at them. They don't want to, you know, and they, nobody ever wants to be the one to break that ice. You know what I mean? There, I'm not saying that 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 you won't have some people that'll dance at an event, but let's be honest. Like as a DJ, you know, the primary focus that folks are thinking of is like, oh, there's a DJ. Yeah, dancing. That's great. I I agree. I love a banging dance floor. I do weddings often, and I love it when I get a bunch of people on the dance floor and I have a blast doing that but corporate events are a different animal so if you can add a little perceived value to what you're offering the table and say oh hey you know company x I would love to do your holiday party and that would be great but um you know to kind of make sure that everybody's a little entertained or maybe you guys have prizes you want to give away let's go ahead and facilitate a short game that'll keep everybody engaged they can all play at the same time and we can even customize it to make it about your company and employees and such and such how, what would you say to that? Well, you've instantly got their attention, but not only that, now you can you're adding to that price tag that you want. You know, you're able to get more because you're bringing more to the table. You can engage a bunch of folks. So you, you want to keep that in mind that that this is a tool, and it's a tool that you can definitely use for private events. But we're talking specifically about getting those events and yeah. getting in here. The, the, here's the the, the main thing. First and foremost, this is a referral factory. If you were to set up a single event, right? If you're a single operator, you're not a multi-op, you don't have a bunch of employees or anything, but if you're a single operator like I am and your booking and bill is, if if you're hosting one speed quizzing event every single week, you're basically creating a little home base where folks will see what you do get comfortable with you, and then they'll also be able to reach out and book you for events because they've already got a rapport. They've got some kind of a routine. And lots of times what you'll find is that your regular players, somebody might ask them at work or just a family member or something. They might ask about, hey, I'm looking to book some entertainment for an event I'm having. And you'll find what will happen is lots of times that regular at your event will say, hey, you got to come out with me on Thursday night. Come out with me on Thursday night. We'll get some appetizers and a couple of drinks. You you just got to see this guy or gal. And they show up and have a great time. And then all of a sudden, there you are. You've just signed a $1,000 contract for that company's, you know, Whatever party is that they're having, their company retreat, their picnic, their holiday party, whatever it might be. Um, Or, you know, maybe it's a reunion, something like that. It's a great, great way to do that. So it is a referral factory. You will grow your business by doing that. But on top of that, like, let's talk about the economics of it. Uh, If you started one weekly speed quizzing event, I mean, Bill, let's be honest here. If I were to just knock on your door, right, you didn't know who I was. And I said, sir, could you use an extra $10,000 this year? What would you say? I'd say yes. I'd say yeah. yes. No, why not? Why not? So on average, um, we have a on average our speed quizzing hosts earn approximately two hundred dollars a month. 
uh, not a month, an event, uh, per event. And uh, I recently had this conversation with uh, a bar owner who was in uh, Michigan that had reached out to us. And uh, he asked about it, and, and he, he, he had to actually start doing this himself. He does not want to actually host these events, but he just can't find anybody in his area that uh, that can, can do this. So he's going to take it up on his own and go ahead and give it a go. And he asked, he was like, well, what's the average user? Like, what do they make generally? I said, typically we've polled, and this was a little while ago that we did this, but the number we came up with was right around $200. That's in, in general what most people are making per residency event. We're talking about events that are in bars and restaurants. We're not talking about private events or anything like that. If you guys are charging that much for private events, you guys are giving away the farm. Um, you know, but that $200, if you break it down, if you did one game a, a, a week for an entire year, you'd make just over $10,000. And let's talk about the expense in doing that. Well, uh, you already have all of this equipment that you're probably going to use because we're talking about event DJs. You got microphones, you got speakers, you got a laptop, you got all, everything that you would need aside from the, the, from the router. So you buy the router. Let's say you get the black hub. What is it? $74, I believe, Bill. 70 for the black, 45 for yellow. So you buy a router, you're under $100 in, and then you've got to buy your activations. Well, if you if you know you're at only at one place for an entire year, my recommendation to you would be to buy them in bulk at the best price that you can and get a full year's worth of activations uh, at one a week. So we're talking 52 activations. You don't even spend, you spend what, $906 is what you end up spending on your on your activations. That is one of the most amazing ROIs you could have in business ever. You just made over $10,000 and out of that in your expenses for activations in the router you're still under a, under $1,000. You know, you you can't you can't turn that down. So not only are you creating a referral machine that's going to ultimately, this is going to generate referrals to you because you'll be growing as a performer and we're going to get to that as well. But now you're also putting extra money in your pocket. That's not a bad thing. Considering that with speed quizzing, you don't have to write a bunch of custom content. You have the ability to use the stuff that we provide, but you can always make edits. You can do custom stuff if you like. The world is your oyster, so you get lots of flexibility there. But the reason why it's so nice that we give you content is because time is money. You know, if mm -hmm. you spend a whole bunch of time writing trivia, that's why a lot of people get out of doing hosting trivia events when they do pen and paper because they're just sick and tired of writing all the stuff. So they put it down. They don't come back to it. This way, you use the quiz packs. Great. You facilitate a game and you look at the long vision. Yeah, you're going to have some questions that you don't love. It's going to happen. But you know what? Next week, yeah. they won't be there. You you're know, correct. it's like it's all the yeah. our content we give you is it's free. It's just there for you to use yeah. as you will. You don't have to use it. We're not saying you have to. Other software companies say, no, this is what you yeah. get. Yep. Exactly. If you want something custom, you pay us more money. Yeah. But but we don't do that. We just give you questions. Yeah. If you don't like them, don't use them. You don't have to You're use upset them. upset about them. Yep. No, no one twisted your arm. Yep. You can definitely oh. cuss, you know, edit them quickly and easily using Question Manager, re-export those right. rounds. You've got them. You're good to go. So we got that. So for the little amount of time investment that you're doing and a, t a small amount of promotions, and we're going to do a whole episode on promoting your trivia nights. That's coming. Um, a small amount of promotions, very, very little money up front. You stand to make, again, over $10,000 from that one 
one, and that's if you didn't book a single event on top of that. Let's say you book five corporate events at $1,000. You just added 50% to what you brought in. You know, mm-hmm. now you're making 15 grand that year, and it all stems from that one trivia night. That's that's a huge deal. So there's that. It is a referral factory and the economics, they add up, you know, and and, and the time management definitely makes it even easier than that. Um, Let's talk about. uh, Well, we kind of did already go go over engaging attendees at other events using this game. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about some of the things this can offer you. Let's say you're a. Well, we, I think I recently saw a post in a DJ forum about this where uh, a disc jockey from somewhere in, you know, small Townsville, USA had posted saying, you know, I'm getting really, really confident mixing music and, you know, selecting music, reading a room. Uh, people seem to really have a great time at my events, but I'm not really confident when it comes to being on the microphone. Ding. This is where speed quizzing comes from right here. Right. If you host a regular trivia night, you know, it's it's a fact that your abilities, your mic skills are going to improve significantly and quickly. There is no other way to get better at something than to just keep doing it, you know, and, and put a little bit of, uh, of, of insight into ways that you can improve. You'll learn that when you're on a microphone, your breathing is going to adjust for what you're doing. You're going to learn the way to project in a way that, you know, folks, and you're going to be able to get people's attention and have them in the palm of your hand. You're going to learn timing. You're going to learn all of these things just by being on that mic as often as possible. And the main issue with uh, mic skills is not a technical thing that you can learn. A lot of people are just really shy about being on a microphone. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just it's not comfortable to them. They don't really get kind of grasp it. And by putting yourself in that position, you get the benefit of improving tenfold. So that is a huge thing. And this can not only work for you, but if you're let's say you're a multi-op and you've got uh, a, a bunch of employees beneath you and you've got somebody that's really green. Maybe they've been assisting at some of your weddings that you've had going on and they've been mixing music and mm-hmm. learning the equipment and things like that. But you're like, you know, I just I can't send them to a wedding and have them do uh, introductions for the bridal party and be like coming up next. Uh, we'd like to welcome. You know what I mean? You got to have somebody who's got a little bit of presence right there. This can absolutely help train your employees. Um, Mm -hmm. And it also can for the gear. It it also is a great way to test their responsibility as well. You're sending them out with your equipment. They're representing your business. Um, You're basically, you're putting them in a position where, yeah, they're making additional money. They'll be happy because they're making additional money. And you're sending them out to do these really kind of low intensive jobs like they're not crazy crazy difficult jobs uh you know you're setting up and tearing down gear but you're also managing people not only that again as you're training your employees by having them just go out and do some trivia maybe you bring somebody on as an apprentice dj and they're working with you and then you say all right we got to get you up to up to up to speed with your mc work you got to start building some confidence that you can trust them to go out and set up and tear down a gig and not have everything go wrong why not send yeah. them to a trivia night where it's a lower dollar amount you know over for that one individual night versus sending them out to a i don't know a $3000 wedding and having the whole thing go like crazy and then the bride's upset because you know that newbie dj ruined her big day 
something to keep in mind. So training employees is another great way to take a look at this here. Um, Now, let's talk about tips on how to get the most out of speed quizzing for promoting yourself. Let's say at this point you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, wow, I really think that this guy is right. This fat, balded, bearded son of a bitch is so right on the money that I need to build this into my repertoire for services to kind of do something. Well, how do you get the most out of making a referral factory? Speed quizzing has got you. They've got you in a couple of different ways. So if you don't know, speed quizzing has what's known as the live screen. All right. And the live screen is basically uh, an output as an extended desktop from your HDMI out on your laptop yep. connected to a screen. And what you can create there, there's an, uh, a setting for a slideshow. And in that slideshow, you can create it. It actually comes preloaded with a bunch of speed quizzing branded slides with instructions and some tips on Android users and Apple users and stuff like that. But you can add your own files, create your own slides using whatever service you would like. You know, you could use something like Canva. Canva or or a program on your 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 device locally. Uh, if you're into Photoshop, awesome, go for it. You create these slides and put them in this slideshow and lay them out. And what happens is in the idle periods between your game, these will display on your device. Now, if there's one thing that we can absolutely thank the COVID pandemic for, it is the education of people using QR codes. And if you create a couple of slides with QR codes, you know, hey, I'm available for private events. Scan here to book me during your game in those breaks before or after the game. Leave that screen up and it will cycle through and then people can then scan that code and go and give you an inquiry inquiring about, hey, I'm having a housewarming party in my brand new apartment. I'm interested in doing this. Uh, What would it cost? You know, and you go go ahead and create packages for this stuff and generate more work while you're there. The other thing with live screen is that you can actually sell advertising space to other companies. There go making more money on a regular trivia night that you're already doing. And this is easier to do if you do multiple trivia nights because you're being in multiple places with more eyes to see the ads. So you might be able to get an extra $25, $50 a show for an ad if you're drawing decent enough crowds. You know, somebody wants to run an ad for three months, they, they you know, that could be a couple hundred bucks. You know, whatever it's worth in your market, you go ahead and figure out what it's worth in your efforts. You could design this and charge a fee for that, for the ad. Or I do this all the time. I tell people just I need an image. These are the specs. You send me the ad, cut me a check, and I'll run this this ad for you. Now, speed quizzing goes one more further. What if you're thinking to yourself, oh, but Bobby Rose Beef, I don't use a live screen or I like to upsell my live screen. How is this going to work for me? Well, this is how it's going to work for you, because the devices themselves have their own slideshow and you can you can do custom text slides or you can add files. Again, same thing. You basically would use the same format that you would use for TikTok or an Instagram reel, you know, and create your uh, your image and then just drag it in here and it will be part of it. And uh, like you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. I like to do a birthday bonus. And instead of having to make an announcement, because once I do that, it's everybody's birthday. I like to leave a slide on somebody's Mm -hmm. phone where I say, hey, if it's your birthday, bring your ID up here and show me and I'll give you 25 points. But you got to do it before 
the first round starts. And yeah. I get a couple people that come up and they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And they see that. So that's one of the things that I put on there. I also sell these as ads. I like to lump mine together, and I tell the advertiser when they when they ask, uh, you know, where this will be seen. I tell them that if I'm using a live screen at that location, an ad will be shown there. If I'm not, it will be shown on the devices. And if I'm somewhere where the the they do use a live screen, then it'll be on the devices. They'll get double that day. So it's always on the devices. It'll, you know, and if I'm using a live screen, bang, it'll be there too. Of which, course, I delete my ads for private events. I'm not looking to advertise. Yeah, I hide them. Yeah, which is which is a cool thing because people don't. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. Uh oh, my, my trash guy's here. My dogs are barking. Uh oh, it's okay. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that we based everything before on fastest team on live yeah. live screen or whatever. We now it's on the devices. Yep. So it says this team got the fastest. So like we've pretty much incorporated everything that was on the live screen mm-hmm. on the on the devices. It's now. on the device. Yeah, exactly. So the uh, and Which, I I've been saying from the beginning the live screen is uh an enhancement to the game. It's definitely not required to play. You know, and and yeah. they get everything now on the device that the live screen really would possibly give them. They get a scoreboard. They get uh, they obviously they they get um, they get the the team names now when they get the fastest correct answer and such. They also get. I'm watching Bill scramble to get his garbage out <laughs> to the trash guy right now, and it's hilarious. Um, you know, but there's a lot on the on the on the device now that uh, that I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, and this is one of the reasons why I often recommend that listeners or uh, that listeners that players or or host rather get that player aspect like if there's another game a host in your area that you know does an event that you can pop in on and kind of get a get a look at and and sort of see get that player's perspective cool go ahead and do that but it's just as easy as maybe taking another device maybe one of those kindles or something and connecting it as a team just to see what's going on if you don't want to do this at a public game then just walk through a game and you know don't read out every single question but just watch what's happening on the device as you progress through your regular rounds and you'll see and have a better understanding Understanding of what the players are actually seeing on their device it's pretty simple it's pretty it's it's pretty easy to really to kind of get a grasp of but it's definitely one of those things that i think that most hosts should at least if nothing else see what on the most current app what what, what the players are actually looking at because i think ultimately it'll make you a better host to be able to relate with what it is that they're doing and that is like super super important is to be able to relate to your your game players and figure this stuff all out. I gotta tell you, uh, Bill just put his headphones back on. I can't believe I rambled for that long about uh, using the screens and re- references, referrals, and everything. As long as I did, I think it's pretty good. I think I, I knocked it out of the park. Right I'm there. sorry, I had to run. We had somebody show up, and dogs were losing their minds. It happens. Don't worry. I'm surprised my dogs haven't been barking. I left my, my, my basement door open so they can hear me. I'm surprised that they're not losing their minds, but they're dumb. You know, they're dumb. Little oh, yeah. Boston Terriers. Um, I mean, that's that's the whole thing, folks. I think that, you know, using that device and, and seeing it firsthand and knowing what your players are, are, are experiencing definitely, definitely helps you provide the best service. So that is, I would say those are probably, can you think of any other tips that uh, to get the most out of speed quizzing as far as promoting your, your own business? 
Bill, or not pretty much now? Um, I promote everything, screen. and like I said, you've said before, every game yeah. is another another advertisement. Yeah. Yeah, every game is another advertisement. And actually, this brings me to a point I didn't even put on this list, but Bill and I were kind of talking about this before. Putting your best foot forward. You know, um, Bill had shared that uh, recently he he's uh, returned back to a venue where it, he has a different sort of client over at this venue. Um, and this client generally, yeah, they, they make some money. You know, they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's it's one of those things where I think if you... If you pay attention and, you know, you don't want to pander to your clients necessarily, you know, you want to give them something dynamic and interesting, but if you cater to what they need and you can provide the best show possible, that can lead to many, many more referrals down the road. Yeah. And that's how I have to do here. It's like, these guys definitely have, uh, they're definitely a different breed and Mm -hmm. I kind of tailor my game a little bit more to them, but, um, I get a lot of referrals from this group because they're yeah. all, well, let's just say they're all in higher places. Yeah. So I get a lot of corporate stuff from this place. It's so. not a bad thing. It's a good, nope. good thing. It's like I said, referral factory is not an exaggeration. It's it's very accurate. So but it also it also like my bar gigs. Mm-hmm. I have a different clientele than this type of gig. Yep. So like I couldn't do my. The game I've been doing lately at this type of event because yep. it just wouldn't go off. It would they'd be like, uh, whatever. They want to have a little different. And me tailoring it a little bit more to them gets them to call me to do all their Christmas parties yep. and all this other stuff. So it's like make with it what you will, but sometimes a little bit of effort does help you. Oh, absolutely it does. Absolutely. So for this next last sort of element as to why event DJs need to start hosting SQ events right now, why speed quizzing is going to add to your business, let's throw this one out there. And I want Bill to kind of go on this is why why speed quizzing and not another form of game? In game so I've done all of them. We've done them all. You and I have done. I've tried different. I did paper for the longest time. Yep. I've done. The other side, some people are making really well with those other style of games, I guess, like doing like the game show style games. But you know what I find none of those do? They don't engage everyone at the same time. Four or five people at one time. And then you just got a lot of onlookers doing the. So this is why I find the trivia and this being more of like a trivia, trivia game show. Yeah. Works way better. There are other companies out there that sell you products. Sure, there are the the cahoots, which don't even get us started on how they're not even halfway close to us. There are some other ones. There are other ones that people pay major money on a weekly basis to be part of, and they only get 20 questions a day, and that's all they can do. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, and like I said, if they want custom stuff, oh, and that's only if you want to work like Sunday through Thursday. You want to work a Saturday or a Sunday, a Saturday or Friday, you got to pay them extra and they'll Mm -hmm. still give you content yet you don't want yeah exactly exactly so i mean there's other things out there and these get we give you the most tools Mm -hmm. the most different the the different styles of gameplay yep that half the other people don't give you for basically the least amount of money compared to everybody what one game a week yeah we you said earlier a game a week for a year would cost you nine hundred We'll say a thousand dollars if you had the router in. 
thousand yeah. dollars, and you could be making ten thousand dollars off that thousand dollars. Just that one event, just working literally, just literally three hours a week. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the sky's the limit. It all depends if you want to go more, add more people to your repertoire, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. But, but yeah, it's just the we. Making it your own and managing it the way you want to manage it is your first step. I agree. And then um, going after the right places. Just because a venue, this is another one, just because a venue says yes to you doesn't make does it a not good mean, venue. Well, does not make it a good venue. Yeah. Does not mean it's the right venue. I get that. We Work can definitely do them. a show on that all by itself. Yeah, all by itself. So, like, you might say, some people might give up on speak on trivia at all together. Oh, I went and did this one venue and it just didn't work out. It doesn't mean that the trivia or you or whatever, it could be that the venue just isn't right. Cause that is a, another, another major aspect too. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm, I'm dra I'm dragging a little bit. It's all right. It's what all happened good. to my, where'd everything go? I lost everything. You got a little bit of a dropout. I still got you connected, man. No, it, something else dropped. That's all. Oh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Click the button. So yeah, um, but yes, I feel we're we're right up there with the best stuff you can have. Yeah, um, I would. I would argue how you want to use it. I would argue to say this is this is the best, most flexible software and most cost effective for what it is. Um, I, I think that you can do a whole lot with this and generate a whole lot more income and diversify and engage uh, all the attendees at all of your events in far mm-hmm. different ways. Um, you know, if, if there's if there's one other thing that I would throw out there, it's it, and it has to riff on that flexibility. Is that speed quizzing? Though they do, whether if you want that, you know, plug and play. I just want to get questions and ask them and facilitate a game. We have you covered. We we do that. We provide you questions. Mm-hmm. In fact, we even give you a quick and easy way to edit and change those questions if they're not exactly what you want or to your liking. You know, you have a really difficult first letter question that doesn't seem to make any sense to you. Maybe it might be easier to make it a multiple choice with like three options. And then that way, the answer, the correct answer is in front of somebody's face, something like that. So we make it easy enough for you to go ahead and do that. But if you're the type of host that really wants to take this and grow with it and make the investment, write your own content, kind of tailor it to your specific style of game and the things that your maybe your audience is really going to like or that lines up with, you know, what's happening in the world or something like that, then so be it. You can definitely do that. And the beauty of speed quizzing is that those are the extreme. You have the extreme where time is money and they want to save as much time as possible. You have the other extreme where it's like quality, quality, quality. I want to add to to this and make it the most. And there's places for everybody in between. You can do this to whatever ratio you are comfortable with. And it's, it's really not that difficult. It's very, very easy. I do want to add, yep. getting to uh, the one, one final note that I want to throw out there was uh, about question content and, and quiz packs. And and I would I would tell you there are, are we hear this all the time where where people they make this assumption they're like oh it's a it's a it's a it's a British game it's from the UK so you know the question content is more for that market and it's tailored towards such and such. I have never heard something so stupid in my life. 
Um, and I'm just going to call it out that way as exactly what it is. Um, what speed quizzing does when they give you a quiz pack is they're giving you general knowledge content. When you click the U.S. market or you click the rest of the world, they're basically taking questions from a variety of different categories and lumping them in together so that they're a dynamic batch of questions. You have ranging levels of difficulty. You have different styles of questions. But generally, like it, it follows a certain type of format. You have X number of sport questions. You have X number of uh, television questions. You have X number of academia questions, geography, history, things like that. They all kind of get factored in. If for a moment you think that your your quiz pack for if you're a U.S. host is quote unquote too English, go ahead and book yourself an activation for the U.K. Download it and just take a look. When I say that these questions are hyper localized for the U.K., I am not kidding. You will see the difference and understand what we mean. Just because we show you a map and say, where is Tunisia? That doesn't mean that's not a question for the American market. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because we show you a flag of a country that's not the good old USA does not mean that that is not a question for the American market. It definitely is. The world geography is a, is a subject that exists. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, these are things that you have to keep in mind. Um, you know... On occasion, you might get something that's kind of leans a bit more toward a European market. And guess what? That's meant to be difficult for an American market that is intended that way. That question mm -hmm. should be challenging. But then again, I, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you how many times I have had a question pop up about an NBA player or specifically about the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame here in Springfield, Massachusetts, while I've been hosting a game inside of it. That's one of my weekly yeah. games. I am at the Basketball yeah. Hall of Fame at a local restaurant right in there, and I have had these things pop up, and, and they're, they, you would think that they're just super easy. So people flub these questions too, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like if for a second you're like, no, I think that these questions, I must have clicked the wrong quiz pack. We can look back and see like if you did or not, if you genuinely think it. But if you just mm -hmm. want to get a barometer as to like how English are these UK questions, just download that sucker and see. It is, it is you will not, it, it's, it's like a whole other game. Correct. It really and is. And don't don't like don't assume that we know where the software or the yeah. question manager knows where you are and is going to no. give you questions that are only based around your I don't know three hundred mile radius of where you are because so, yeah. that's all the people in your area are going to know. I'll give you another example with exactly that. I had a question come up. This was a long time ago. It said, "In what U.S. city would you find Logan Airport?" I'm in Massachusetts. That is the dumbest question I could have ever asked my audience. Correct. And it, it, it just know, doesn't know that. It's not. Yeah. That's why having a quick question that yes. is ready to drop in there if would you, help. If you flip on one and it's a dud, you're like, okay, I'm going to throw this one instead and then skip. You can always skip a question. I personally, I like to go painfully no matter what. I like to go through every single question of every single quiz pack I get. And and I I, I let my, my audience know that, hey, you know, I'm going to butcher some pronunciations of some words and it's always a crapshoot. I do so many games a week that 
I utilize this as a tool to be able to just get the general knowledge done. I can focus on the the musical rounds each week and everything else and, and any other special events or side tournaments or whatever we have going, illegal gambling, whatever it might be, you know. Um, we go ahead and, and, and I, I can put my efforts there. So it's just one of the, it's just one of those things, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to get Correct. off my, uh, my high horse here. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I guess that gives us a lot. We've talked. How long we've been talking? Oh, more. We've been talking a while. About an hour and a half. Yeah, pretty good. But I think we covered a lot. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, obviously, I apologize for the three minutes of the RoboCop remake we put in there, but it was worth it. I think it was worth it. You Robocop guys can go Google reboot. that if you want. Uh, go ahead and Google that. And uh, scene twenty-seven remake. Yep, yep. RoboCop remake but scene twenty-seven. We warned you. Yeah, not safe. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. One hundred percent. And if you're under uh, under age, this is not uh, appropriate for you either. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you got anything else you want to add there, Bill, before we say goodbye? I think I'm good today. We'll come back with some more stuff in a couple of weeks. And uh, I think I got a couple other things we can talk about. Uh, I think another one we'll probably talk about in a couple of weeks is going to be, I've been asking a lot lately, um, changing sounds. Oh, changing sounds is huge. We'll debunk that one next episode yeah. we'll talk about that yeah. for sure guys Thank go you ahead know. have yourselves a great week good luck out there uh you know to promote yourselves right make sure you tag speed quizzing and speed quizzing us and uh and all of your posts on facebook uh, social media uh it, it definitely instagram we're trying to do more and more with that guys and uh if you like the show if you have anything you'd like to suggest to us uh you can always email uh myself or bill at uh, either bill at speed or rob at speed uh Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you guys in two weeks.